right, welcome into the Section 113 podcast, everybody. Happy to have you with us as the Blazers getting set to take on the Miami Heat. First time 4-0 since 1999. And again, the reason we call this the Section 113 podcast, if you've ever been looking for the radio broadcast position, well, we're in Section 113. So we thought this would be a, a good name for the podcast. So let's get right into it today. And we'll bring on my good friend from 1080 The Fan and the Jack Ramsey's podcast, Danny Morang. Dan, before we get into tonight's game, um, there is a there's a situation on social media right now. Uh, Sean Hyken posted the the comment from Chauncey Billups in the pregame press conference the other night, <laughs> where he basically called you a nerd because you were giving him too many numbers. So give us the backstory there. Yeah, no, I uh, I try to keep my questions short. Um, I, I try not to, to Aaron Fentress it too often. Uh, this one required <laughs> <laughs> this one required uh, a little bit of explanation. Uh, the long and short of it was that uh, the numbers had borne out that after timeouts on on both sides of the floor, they'd been they'd done really well. Uh, but sometimes in open play, particularly in transition uh, defensively, it had been a little problematic in the first three games. And I had thrown out like, hey, it, it was X amount of points per possession. It w- was that kind of indicative of, hey, we know what we're doing. We just need a little bit more time to kind of hone in where we're at. Because when we get our time, when we get a chance to have our timeouts, when we get a chance to be set, to be solid, we're executing really well. And, uh, yeah, no, he just looked at me with a big smile and a wink. It was like, I, I don't know, man. And th- But then, you know, in, in true Chauncey fashion, he answered the question exactly what I thought he would answer. So <laughs> he just had a, a good amount of fun with me. So I'm, I'm literally wearing an analytics hoodie right now that I'm at all wearing the game. So, um, just, just kind yeah, of leaning not surprising into at point. all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now look, and, and I know people here don't really know Chauncey yet cause he hasn't been around that long. Um, but he's a good dude. And he, he will mess with you if given the mm-hmm. opportunity. And, well, he, he had that opportunity. So let, <laughs> let's get into this one. 4-0, uh, the Blazers have figured out ways to, to win in, in different ways, right? You know, down mm-hmm. 13 to Denver. Um, you know, Dame doing it all for three-plus quarters in the two previous games. Um, you know, down early to Sacramento. All that stuff. They found different ways to do it. So defensively, though, right, you're, you're looking at a, a top eight defense and a top eight offense right now. How sustainable is what we're seeing from the Blazers? Offensively, I think it's pretty easy to be sustainable as a top 10 as long as Damian Lillard is healthy. I mean, Damian Lillard yeah. is a an elite offense unto himself. And I, I think the balance of the team is the past five, six years. Listen, Damian and CJ were tremendous scorers. But outside of those guys, they had maybe one other guy who could ever dribble, pass, and shoot at the same time. They've got four other guys who can do that right now. And, hell, you might be able to even say five when you add Shaden back into that group as a rookie. Um, right. their, their ability to keep pressure up in multiple ways, that's the other thing, is that uh, their ability to get out and transition, their willingness to get out and transition makes it easier to get those opportunities on the offensive end. Defensively, uh, I mean, Jeremy Grant and Josh Hart and Justice Winslow, the, and this year, those guys are going to get the credit for being the switchable, functional uh, dependable, aggressive wings, and they should. But where I've been looking has been at Damon Ant, uh, because those are the question marks. And you can see Damian Lillard is giving more more effort and more consistency on that end, and probably playing his best yeah. defense and probably is, I want to say his fourth year in the league, when he was, like, that was kind of the year where he was still not quite the, the same usage rate he is offensively, so he could give more on the defensive side. Uh, and Anfordy. Uh, they, don't get me wrong. They, they both have problem, problems navigating screens every now and then. 
they're they're both prone to a little lap softball, but the the effort and the intensity is there. And you know, I asked him about it last game in the post game about pre switching on the Jamal Murray before the end of the quarter. Uh, he took that challenge on, and he got a clean rip, and then he was upset that he got called for the foul on the ground. But the competitive was there. The, yeah. the competitiveness was there. He said, like, I'm on an island. You know, you know, we're, we're going to find out about who's about it and who's about that life, and it's not going to be sweet. And you can tell, like, he started like kind of sitting up in his chair, and, and that the challenge meant something to him. And if those guys are at least passable, then, yeah, then, 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 then a 10, 11, 9, 10, 11, 12 defensive rating, that's that's more than doable for the season. Sure, you know Justice Winslow obviously missed the last game. He's he's mm-hmm. been terrific, but we haven't seen GP two yet. Gary Payton the second, and I don't know when he's coming back. Is it November? I mean, looking at the calendar, it's probably not October. Is it November? Is it December? When is it? I don't know. I, it, you have to find a spot for him, right? Because he's mm-hmm. one of the best defensive players in the league, if not the best. And you went out and and used you know, good money for him, so. Where will he eventually fit into this rotation, do you think? And what does he mean for that defense? For me, I was doing the math the other day. Uh, Ant, Josh, Dame, they're all playing 37 a night right now. You, yeah. you, can, you can scoop three, four minutes a night off all three of those guys, and you've got 12 minutes for GP right there. Uh, then you kind of figure out where Justice falls in this, where Shaden falls Shaden. in this. Then you, take, you, you, take, you shave three off Shaden. It gets pretty easy to find 15 to 18 minutes. It just means you have to be super tight with your rotations when you go to 10. On a given night, maybe GP gets 22 minutes, and maybe Shaden only gets eight or nine. Uh, maybe uh, on a given night, you know, offense is cooking, and Dame doesn't need to play 34. He only needs to play 30. Same with Anthony. Like, those nights will be huge. And if, if they can – which. The thing is, they've shown that they can win games with their defense, which I didn't expect to see for a couple months, I'll be honest. Yeah, uh, yeah. They, they've had slow starts in every single one of their games, and heaven forbid they, they, they start a first quarter with a little bit of oomph to their game, and maybe you, you let Dame sit for a little while. You let Ant sit for a little while longer. And I know those guys get used to the rotations and stuff, but the idea of you know letting GP go out there and wear an opponent out that's not a bad thing, but I, I I don't worry about the minutes per se just yet. Danny Morang is with us here on the Section 113 podcast. So tonight's opponent, Miami, mm-hmm. um, they obviously were the runners up in the Eastern Conference last year. This is their first road game, right? And their first road game of the season happens to be the furthest possible place that they could go <laughs> in the NBA here in Portland. And they're one and three. They're struggling. Their offense has been god-awful. But their defense has been terrific. Their defense has been really, really good. So what do you see from Miami? I mean, it's, a, it's an Eric Spolster team. Offensively, I think they'll figure it out. They've got enough weapons. One of the things they wanted to prioritize was was spamming some more Bam out of bio pick and roll. Uh, Bam has historically been very good there, uh, but they haven't gone to it a ton. So I think they're trying to find that sweet spot with him of, of how they can utilize that, how they can be effective there. Um, and then getting Harold, Lowry, Jimmy, everybody kind of on on the train. Uh, they're not, they don't have a shortage of dudes, right? I mean, it's that's yeah. not their problem. Right now, I think a big part of their problem is just, honestly, like Portland in the preseason, just just kind of gunked up a little bit, not able to execute the way they want to, not going to have shots the way they want to. The one thing that they may be missing is some additional shooting from Lowry or, or Butler. But if they get that on any given night, 
then you know you're really not too worried about it. So yeah, well they haven't had it from Lowry. I mean Low- Lowry exactly. was awful a couple nights ago. Was he one for seven and I think like oh for six from three something like that? He is really struggling mm-hmm. offensively. Does he does he still have it? You kind of wonder. You know, I, I I love me some Lowry. Don't get me wrong. Uh, yeah. The, the the big booty point guard. Uh, long may he reign. He. Uh, I mean, he may be finally long in the teeth. Like that might be, it, it might be it for him. Uh, I was yeah. always a little surprised when when Miami kind of prioritized him uh, so much so late in his career. But I still think that they've got the horses between you know obviously Harrow, Bam, uh, Max Struess. Like they they they've got dudes, Jimmy, uh, that make this uh, a significantly harder problem for Portland going forward. So you didn't mention Duncan Robinson at all. He, he's fascinating to me because he is a phenomenal three-point shooter. You could make the case that he is one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA, but his rotation minutes have dropped and dropped and dropped, yet he's still hitting about three three-pointers a game. What do you see with him, and why aren't they using him? It's weird because when they signed him that deal, they knew he didn't play defense. Yeah. That, that's, that's the interesting thing. So – and it's not like they don't have the dudes to cover up for him, but what Miami does is they find these undrafted guys and they turn them into viable players, whether it be Struess or I believe one of the Martins was undrafted. Um, yeah, the one that's on Miami. Yeah, and it's, I mean, like, they've, they've, they've done a really good job of finding those guys and developing them. Uh, what they do with them after them, uh, hit or miss. But it's not like Duncan yeah. can't shoot. So the fact that they don't, try to utilize them, especially as how good they are defensively, and even more so in the regular season. It's it's one thing to get hunted in the playoffs because that's what teams do. 82-game season, nobody gets hunted. Not unless you're, you're you're such an eyesore that, you know, it's you just can't help but hunt that guy. And I don't think he's that, particularly at 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, like, he's he's got enough size and athleticism to where even as a bad defender, his size makes up for a lot of stuff. Sure. Yeah, it does. You've been around this team for a long time. Um, 4-0, the way that they're winning with just kind of the malaise that was over the Blazers fan base over the summer. How unexpected is what we've seen so far? Again, look, we're four games in, right? I don't know what the next 78 games are going to hold. But four games in, how unexpected is what you're seeing? I mean, I had Joe Cronin on the show last week. And he said, hey, we weren't thrilled with what we saw in preseason. And this is really, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, we, we all saw it. We all knew what it was. Um, but that week between the end of the preseason, and the regular season, they ironed some stuff out. And a big yeah. part of it was shots, not falling. I wasn't really, I really wasn't worried about the offense. I was more worried about the defense, but you know, the, the competitiveness has been there and Dame says they're having fun. And the brand of basketball, the style of basketball, everything that we're seeing from them is, it's tremendous. It's something we haven't seen here in years. I mean, I've, I've covered this team for God, 10 plus years and I've watched this team for the majority of my life. It has been a long time since we have seen a team in Portland play this brand of basketball where their transition rate is, is impactful. I mean, three of the four games, they've had 50 points in the paint, 20 fast break points and 33 throw attempts. That's a different brand of basketball than what we've seen here. And how it shakes out, I don't know if it's maintainable, 
I can tell you it's a lot more fun to watch. Danny Morang's with us here on the Section 113 podcast. You can hear him on 1080 The Fan. You can hear him on the Jack Ramsey's podcast, of course. And on Twitter, at Danny Morang. Before we let you go, Danny, do you have any nerdy questions that you're going to ask Chauncey tonight in pregame press conference? I'm going to watch a little bit of film, and I'm going to find one. I'm just going to keep lobbing them to him in the pregame. We look forward to it, man. Thanks so much. Anytime, brother. All right, there it is, the Section 113 podcast. Big thanks to my guest, Danny Morang. The Blazers taking on the Miami Heat tonight. Six o'clock pregame with Mike Lynch on the Trailblazers Radio Network and on our flagship station, 620 AM at Rip City Radio in the Portland area. That'll do it for us. We'll have a 7 o'clock tip-off tonight as well. Michael Holton will join me as always, and we'll see you next time as Blazers get set to take on the Houston Rockets on Friday. This has been the Section 113 podcast.